so hi one of the good noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with howie and i'm mike and we are two of three members of the band late waves and we're gonna ask them some questions today i'm gonna start so what inspired the creation of the band and what does the band name mean um so our drummer shauna who's not here right now because she's a bartender um and this is bartender hours right now mm-hmm. so we got the two day timers here um so shauna is actually my now wife's sister um so i've known shauna for a very long time back when um you know before we were married uh my wife and i were married uh always kind of uh, had the idea to jam with shauna and then uh she had just finished college and she crashed on her couch for the summer in asbury park and we ended up uh just starting to go into the jam room and howl. And then eventually uh, a uh, it's a storage unit, but they have practice spaces there in Long Branch, New Jersey. Interesting. Pardon me. And uh, just kind of spent the summer kind of writing, figuring stuff out. And then how he came in and uh, the band name actually was kind of inspired by back when uh, I also bartended, we just kind of would get out of work super late at night and hang out on the beach um and we'd sometimes go swimming don't do that (laughs) it's dangerous uh and you know the night at first we thought uh midnight beach and then we're like that sounds like a yankee candle yeah 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 probably actually it's yeah uh then we thought of late waves and also that late waves was available on all of the platforms like Instagram, Twitter, and if you Googled it, nothing came up. So in today's day and age, I, I guess that is a factor in picking your band name. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of didn't realize how many other bands have the name Wave in it. So <laughs> we did get the one name, but you know, we're we're bunched in. But yeah. you know, that's fine. We're we're our own wave band. Of course. <laughs> exactly. It also rolls off the tongue a lot better than Midnight Beach. Yeah, and there's something it's about that. Clunky. Yeah, yeah, clunky's the word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, congratulations on your upcoming release, "Hell to Pay." How do you feel the response to the announcement so far? Uh, it's been um, fantastic. We're um, super grateful. Uh, honestly, a little overwhelmed with uh, with gratitude. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, you know, we're one of. Um, you know, the rest of the world's bands uh, coming out of, um, you know, they're trying to come out of uh, pandemic times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we thought this would be happening a year ago and it's <laughs> happening now. And we're, yeah. again, we're super grateful for that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just, we're happy that uh, the songs are finally seeing the light of day. Um, really excited to hear and see people's reactions to the singles and, um, the videos and all the content we've been putting out so far and all the stuff we've been working on the last year when we couldn't be touring or playing shows. Um, yeah, we're very excited about it. Very excited um, for the whole thing to be available very, very soon now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right around the corner. You guys picked like the best time to put out an album because at least here in Jersey, it's finally starting to kind of open up. You guys have got the virtual shows. You've got the the in-person show coming up. So it's like the perfect time to start or roll out a record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. we've been, for, I mean, I, I guess everybody has uh, had 
is I'm sure some sort of unlucky timing over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way with how this has all panned out, um, yeah, we've been lucky yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, we uh, the virtual show we're excited about, we're excited to play in front of um, somebody other than the three of us staring at each other in a practice space for the first yeah. time in a long time yeah um yeah we're we're very very psyched on and all the things kind of lining up and um you know what the next few months are looking like oh yeah uh so what made you guys choose extra pale as your lead single well it, it kicks off the album and i think uh it's also like a good kind of highlight reel of what you could get out of the album um it's based on a main guitar riff, um, which a lot of our songs are. Um, and the thing about, you know, a lot of our instrumental work is that it's not hard to play or anything. It's just kind of usually a little jangly. Sometimes we purposefully hit like the wrong note in the scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, Extra Pale just has that kind of bite to it that I we kind of all thought was like a good introduction to how the record pans out and like it's kind of right in the middle where you go a little softer or solemn with some songs on the record and some songs kind of take that bite of the song and lean into it and go a lot harder so we kind of felt like it was a good hey like if you like this you're probably gonna dig the entire record yeah Yeah. so yeah i I think it was if not the first it was one of the first two or three that we wrote for the record and recorded for the record too. So it was kind of like a nice jumping off point to like consecutively uh, create the rest of that, that album. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? So the album name held to pay, which uh it's not a secret because if you go on Apple Music, you could see the all the track listing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the closing song of the record. Um, it wasn't written to be the closing song. Uh, none of the songs were really written to be in what order they were, but we felt like it kind of rounded out the record. And it's not like religious or biblical at all. It more so kind of talks about the overall theme of the record being you know, putting things off till tomorrow and doing things that disservice your future self and anxiety and inner monologue and all the, you know, battles of mental anguish that uh, we like to touch upon when we sing over really fun music mm-hmm. <laughs> to make a nice juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of felt like, like that kind of closed out the record and was like a good kind of theme to it. And it also sounds kind of badass. It does. It mm-hmm. does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the cover art actually is taken up in Lake George, um, upstate New York. Uh, we were just kind of shooting around. We had no idea what the cover art was going to be. Uh, one of our close friends, Judy Karisk, phenomenal photographer, uh, was up there with us and a flash storm happened. Oh. And yeah. It was pretty cool. Like it was beautiful and sunny minutes prior. Mm-hmm. And then this giant flash storm comes and we had, so the person on the cover is Shauna, our drummer's sister, who's also the person I'm married to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, go on the dock and drink a bottle of wine. 
in the torrential downpouring, like biblical rain. Yeah. <laughs> and then I held an umbrella over Judy, the photographer's head. And I was like, just snap. And uh, <laughs> kind of caught the moment. And like, especially on the vinyl, when it's, you know, going to be like 12 or however many inches of vinyl is, mm-hmm. uh, you could like see the raindrops hitting the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like, it had the vibe of like daunting yet beautiful. And it kind of had that prolific look to it that I think kind of like summed up the record as well. So it just kind of happened serendip- serendipitously. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have any ideas for the cover art before like this magical moment had happened or? Um, I mean, yeah, I, well, you can kind of see like an iteration of it in uh, some of the merch available in the merch bundle packages with a record. Um, and where can uh, you get those bundle packages? Nohoperecords.com. Nice plug. There you go. There you um, go. Yeah, but Mike had a, a really, uh, like a really fun, like creative idea that, and then our buddy Pete drew uh, Mike's original napkin drawing. Uh, and he, he's a, a great tattoo artist and uh, that shirt is available. It's also um the art it's the fire art for our digital show oh. as well um mike can do way better than napkin drawings just to clarify <laughs> okay. all right good to know good to know pete happened to take this one to uh he happened to take on this one for us though all right uh so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this album it kind of went all over the place uh we don't really have a method that we stick to. Um, a lot of times it's in between practicing songs that are already written. Someone will maybe play something and someone will play something that accompanies it. And then before you know it, I'm screaming gibberish, trying to work out the melody. Mm-hmm. And I believe like that's how like Extra Pale and a few other songs on the record came to be. Um, Sometimes I write, you know, a verse and a chorus on the acoustic, but for the most part, we all bring it together because we need to know that we could play it live. And that's mm-hmm. super important to us. Um, and then lyrically, we kind of go over with a fine tooth comb. And then in the studio, again, so uh, Vinny Caruana, one of the producers on the record, went through every single lyric as we sung it. Um, to make it, you know, really uh, cohesive with the way we would talk or the way people kind of talk in general. So it could be really relatable. Mm -hmm. And that was like a really mind blowing, smart thing that I've never tried with lyrics that he showed us that as we kept writing the record, I would kind of picture him over my shoulder, like what what do people say or how do people talk and is this something someone can relate to and it was like kind of a really genius thing that was there so in summation we don't really have a process (laughs) (laughs) however it comes out yeah all right (laughs) that seems to work i guess yeah yeah clearly i mean yeah exactly Uh, so can you guys tell me where your headspace was at while you were creating this record you want to start this one or you want to? <laughs> uh, well, it took, I mean, I guess it takes a lot of bands, um, a lot of time to do full lengths or sometimes even just EPs or, you know, even if they're trying to 
crank out like singles, um, you know, spread far, uh, far enough apart. Um, the record took us not including waiting, not even including, um, you know, waiting for COVID to uh, start to dissipate. Mm-hmm. Um, it took us like just under maybe a year and a half oh. in like three separate sessions. Um, but between that time, we were continually writing and also touring and also going to work to pay rent and yeah. um, to be able to go on tour and to be able to go back in the studio and all that fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, we did it in three sessions. And our, I mean, I, I think I could speak for all of us, um, you know, and, and at the very least myself, but I think our headspace was like, just like overall excitement to work with the people that we were able uh, that we were very fortunate to be able to work with. Um, so there was like a lot of, there's a lot of motivation um, kind of like with the fire under us to like, not just get together and like write songs for the sake of writing songs, but it almost made us that much more excited to get whatever we were feeling and where our headspace was at, like out into making music together. Mm-hmm. Um, we were fortunate enough to, you know, try out a lot of these songs on the road um here in town in asbury park um yeah i think it i mean lyrically um you know it's it definitely focuses on as mike said before um like that inner monologue and um what do you want to call it mental anguish um mental you know different types of mental illness um there's definitely that theme um there's no secret to that in the lyrics written over happy fun um (laughs) riffs yeah (laughs) But um, yeah, I think we were just like, we were very, we were very focused um, on like making this happen, uh, given the opportunity that we were given. Um, and it just, it, but it made it such a fun process. And like, yeah. we looked forward to like every writing session, every practice, the minute we got another studio date, we were like, you know, that was the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And then there'd have to be another light at the end of that tunnel because we'd have to go back again. <laughs> but yeah. it's really... It, I mean, all in all, it, it was really, it's nice that it worked out the way it did because it, it, each time we improved as writers, we improved as players. We were, um, you know, with the help of uh, Brett and Vinny, like it just, we just had like, it was like getting a motivational speech every six months, basically like, yeah. for, for a week at a time. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really, uh, it was a very good experience. We were, as a band, I think, in a very good collective headspace while we're getting all this, you know, inner darkness out onto pen and paper and guitar strings and uh, tracks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anything to add, Mike? Um, yeah, to go along with uh, Brett and Vinny, our producers, uh, they kind of just had this, and it wasn't competitive. It was, the tone was set that, like, they dug us enough to like want to work with us uh so we wanted to make sure we brought them our best work that we possibly put forward and then what they would do is take that and make it better and then so like how he said we we went in three times to complete the record so every time we'd come back like just the preparation was like oh man i'm when i'd like you know make some demos to bring them to show them what we'd want to record the next session. I would just really try to like blow the last part out of the water. Mm-hmm. And the overall like tone was like, like I said, it wasn't competitive. It was just like, everyone was there to do the best. 
like make the best song. And that doesn't mean like the best guitar solo, the best vocal run, the best drum fill, the best bass line. It was like the best collective song where we would, you know, scratch out our favorite lyric if it didn't fit the song, mm -hmm. scratch out a, anyone's part if it didn't work for the song. And, you know, everyone, you know, you hear that when you like, you know, listen to like a Paul McCartney interview, they'll talk about like, you got to write for this song. Yeah. But like, <laughs> that was a great impression. It's great. <laughs> That's all I could do. One sentence. <laughs> but like, everyone's going to want like, you know, I, I'll admit it. Like if I have like a tasty guitar riff, I'm going to want to like throw it in there and be a little flashy. Yeah. But like the, the vibe was like, not, not to let, yeah, sorry. Not, not. The vibe was to just create the best thing that our heads could put together and possibly create. And it was like yeah. such an amazing experience. All right. So before we move on, there's a spider quickly approaching me. I'm going to kill it before I ask this next question. <laughs> I don't fuck with spiders. Oh my God. <laughs> we, we don't want any injuries here. Okay. We're good. Welcome back. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> Do you do you pull that one on every podcast? Or? No, I just don't <laughs> fuck with spiders at all. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so, what band or artist influence do you think you can hear the most on this album? So, <laughs> for the first review from Brooklyn Vegan said, for fans of the Menzingers, Restorations, and I forget what other one. And I was like, wow, that's. That's awesome. They said those bands for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the song kind of goes, like I said, it like kind of dips one way and dips the other way, the album rather. So, I mean, I definitely think there's some like Jimmy Eat World on there. There's definitely some like old school, like face to face. There's also like definite some like 90s grunge. Like I grew up loving Weezer's early stuff, like Pinkerton and the Blue Album. And yeah. I really got a lot of my like, guitar inspiration from them and also like guitarists like angus young of acdc like i love those like face melter big guitar riffs that yeah. aren't really super popular in this genre so i mean that's on my end but i mean howie will tell you you know his and shauna's are you know i know shauna grew up playing metal and <laughs> she went down a bass pedal when she joined late wave she used to be a double kick pedal drummer um but she also loves lady gaga yeah yeah i mean it's i think I, we, we've definitely loved the uh the comparisons or at least where people are assuming like we are getting our influences from because they're usually pretty spot on um but yeah i mean the three of us all we i think we tell in our music you know obviously listen to a lot of the same stuff as the, some of the aforementioned bands Mike just said, yes, like totally our influences and um, yeah, we could be compared to them sound wise. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good, we're a good melting pot of all the stuff that we listen to that like the other members might not be so keen on, mm -hmm. but we all like listen to and respect it. And like, you know, like I'll like, we'll show each other bands that we know that those other people probably would not have found on their own or whatever seek out. And then they're just like, and we're all just like, Oh, this is cool. Like, or at yeah. the very least, it's like, 
man, that drummer is like absolutely insane. Don't necessarily like the music, but like mm-hmm. I'm going to pull from how that person's playing and, you know, apply it to the next time we go into the room and play together. Like there, there's definitely a lot of that. And, and we love tossing music back and forth to each other. And um, I think it's a, it's definitely a big part of why the songs sound the, the way they do. Yeah. Um, you know, it, our, our differences in musical taste, you know, uh, like uh, going along with this obvious similarities. <laughs> yeah, solid. As you mentioned, it's like the perfect melting pot. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, so this one should be super, super fast. Off the top of your heads, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. Both of you have to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. He said it would be super fast. Super fast, yeah. yeah. Like, you guys haven't said anything yet. Let's got go. Fun, passionate beer. Okay, sure. So, <laughs> what was the last one you cut out on my end? I need to... Beer. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> um... <laughs> you had all that time. I know. It's bad. I feel like I had to do something like this recently. I like nailed it. Um... <laughs> uh heavy okay fun, that's one two and sad okay All right. that's good. That's good. um so in that same train of thought is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while going through the album um i've said like um when we were writing the record we actually didn't know what it was about you kind of take a look back and you're like oh so um, I was kind of singing out some of my demons there <laughs> when you like listen yeah. to a song like that's a pretty sad lyric I wrote you know like yeah um, but I think like the overall message isn't like everything sucks I think it's more like hey like it's okay to not be okay mm-hmm. um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel all sorts of cliches but you know they are based in some sort of truth um, kind of like just we're in this together situation as far as we're all trying to be better people and be good and uh, no one has the right answers. Yeah. So, you know, just like kind of like the, the album kind of says like, yeah, everything's kind of a mess right now, but uh, here's some fun riffs and cool drum parts and cool bass lines. So like at least have fun in this moment because that's, better than looking behind or looking ahead right now so yeah yeah i i definitely agree with what mike just said i i think there's like a way to like a lot of bands um it's very obvious that they're what they're singing about and that they are trying to convey you know their feelings and thoughts and and connect with fans and listeners um i think uh the way we do it it's like uh like some bands can be almost more inviting for people to become part of that experience than others and and that's not to discrediting it discrediting anybody's writing style i just think there's like a pretty like blatant openness with our lyrics um where it's like yeah like another band could sing it another way or or uh write that lyric another way but this is like uh a very open and like camaraderie like um experience with a listener where it's like hey come on in like we're we know you're going through it or something similar we're going through it too um and that's like 
I don't know. I, I think that's one of the ways that we maybe strive to connect with people. Yeah. I like it's very that. wholesome. That's good. That's good. <laughs> wholesome. And then you like listen to one of the songs where I like I talk about like getting really drunk and breaking stuff. Yeah. I don't think I talk about breaking stuff, but it, yeah, I think it's still wholesome. It's not like it's not like Limp Biscuit break stuff. It's more yeah. like <laughs> Like mentally Andy breaking Park. stuff. Yeah, yeah like yeah, Andy Dyer yeah. from Parks and Rec breaking stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's a summation of our band. And <laughs> perfect. perfect. Uh, so, where do you guys see the band in the next five years? LP three. I don't want to rush. I don't want to be like one of those full length every. You know. Eight months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Weezer. Uh, want to make oh sure God. they're all good. Yeah. With, yeah. Speaking of Weezer. So I mentioned I like the early stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like it all. I'm I'm a sucker for it all. Um, I I you know, I hope we'd be on like LP3. Um same producers, Vinny and Brett, same studio barbershop, you know, uh such a good experience. I hope maybe uh we're getting maybe a little more experimental. Um <laughs> hopefully headlining tours by then mm-hmm. yeah um if not you know if we're still on tour hell yeah you know yeah yeah i mean i i definitely agree i mean the i think the main the main things for us are busy and, and busy and happy you know we love doing yeah. it you know we had to um for unfortunate but the right reasons you know take a year and a half off of it and we all put ourselves in a place where we were ready to do this last year um <laughs> And uh, yeah, we just, we want to be out there playing and keep making music and pe- keep putting it out. And yeah, I think LP3 would be realistic for five years. I agree with my, <laughs> right. maybe a, a couple, really? whatever else in between. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we just, we just want to keep doing what we're doing. Um, and, and the more people that reaches, obviously the better. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we just want to share the experience with everybody. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on yeah. death row, what would your last meal be with drink? Easy. Well, <laughs> I don't eat meat anymore. I'm not trying to get a pat on the back, but I think it would be like sesame chicken from uh, Ming Yang and Long Branch. Mm-hmm. Or no, I guess it's one meal, so I'm not even gonna go or. And then for a drink, like probably a diet coke and a can. Okay. All right. That's like such a delicious combo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay. Solid. Solid. (laughs) I I would absolutely settle for any and all types of Mexican food, but I would say, um, and Mike and Shauna would definitely attest to this. I would say uh, burrito. And uh, a Labatt Blue, and I'd be set. Oh. All right. Yeah. Nice. Perfect. That's classic Howie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is my true form. <laughs> not, I don't want to speak for her, but I'm going to guess Shauna would be a form of Mexican food as well. Mm. And I don't know if she'd go for, I mean, she like drinks a lot of water, but I don't know if that's her favorite. Mm-hmm. Maybe probably get a glass of nice whiskey. Shauna likes like whiskey, like a nice Whiskey yeah. Wednesday, she does, or, or right? Tequila, yeah. Oh yeah, tequila, yeah. She's gonna go like 
a burrito and espalone. So, Shauna, if you're listening, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so, if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Lord of the Rings. Taste, yeah. For sure. I thought, you were, I, I thought you were going to go Mr. Robot, but I guess that's not a fictional world. That's that's like, not a yeah. good world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite show. But that is no, I don't. Unless I was like one of the rich people. Mm-hmm. But Lord of the Rings, if I was like chilling in the Shire or like exactly. with the elves or something, like as long as it's not Mordor, like that's awesome for me. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck there. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's good. I feel like all mine are dark. So all I can think of is like adult, like dark comedies. Yeah, <laughs> like like comedy cartoon worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first thing comes to mind, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'd like to like live in the BoJack Horseman cartoon world Ooh. and hang out with Will Arnett and just like see how sad he is. <laughs> oh, that is so sad have like, him write an entire fun, album for they got, they got like all sorts of weird animal human combinations yeah, like, yeah. fun I think with Todd probably Todd yeah. is just cracking me up the whole time yeah <laughs> um, I would make it a good time not like a sad exactly, time exactly. like an observer yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question and every single person we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question What's your favorite color? <laughs> you went quiet. All right. That one flopped. <laughs> well, say, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say purple. I got a purple guitar here. I got like a pinky purple light up there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm no, gonna say I'm, like purple. Yeah. Talk. I think Mike's favorite color is purple. Can confirm. Um, yeah, I'm going to say green because I'm wearing a green shirt and my other answer would be black or gray, which I don't think really are colors. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I think, I think the, the most worn actual color I, I own and wear is green. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Solid. Good choices. Uh, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you guys would like to plug? Oh, please check out the record. Um, if you haven't heard us and we didn't annoy you in this interview thank you for listening to us and thank you for having us on this interview um of course yeah yeah, give us a shot listen to the record i think you'll like it it's fun there's something in there for everybody yeah it's out fourth out june 4th on no hope records uh you can pre-order it at their website nohoperecords.com uh june 3rd is our uh digital release show for the record uh, which we recorded at Barbershop Studios, uh, where we made the record, uh, filmed by Chris Kuninchek. Uh, it was a really good time. We're really proud of it. Um, we'll be doing stuff on the inter- internet in some way that night, interacting with everybody, probably like a AMA type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just want to hang out with everybody, and you can watch us uh, yell at each other in a triangle on a, <laughs> on a phone screen or a computer screen. It's it's really great. Um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sound. Those guys have been late waves and where the good noise podcast.